I love you, Tim. Well, once again, good morning, everybody. We made it. It is VBS Sunday. Kids, we made it. I hear you in the crowd. I saw you worshiping on stage with us. Volunteers, we made it. Staff, we made it. Parents, we are so glad you're here as well. And to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Um, and here's why. Uh, just thanks to social media, I know about probably 400 of you kind of know what I'm getting into, but let's rewind. Last Wednesday, July 26th, normal day. I wake up. I also lead something called CalFit. So I see some of my CalFit people in the audience, right? We work out in the morning around 545. I come back. I'm doing my normal routine, reading, sipping on my coffee. My wife, Malia, is about 36 weeks pregnant, and she decides, hey, let's go to VBS together. I want to check it out midweek. Great time, right? So we get ready. It's Wednesday, which also means, anybody Brugger's Bagels fans? Come on, Brugger's Bagels. If you go to Brugger's on Wednesdays, $5.99 for a baker's dozen. What? That's, yeah, right? Right down the street. So Malia and I, we go, and we're standing in line. Obviously, the line is a little longer than normal. It's about 7.45. We check out, holding my bagels in one hand. Malia's by my side. Literally looks up at me, and she goes, I think my water just broke. I look back at her and I said, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Right? We're not ready for this. She goes, I think it did. I think it did. So I have burgers still in my hands. Okay, okay let, let's get out of here. What are we supposed to do? We still come to Calvary. That's how committed I am. I still come to Calvary. I hand my bagels off. I go, boss man, Matt Davis, where are you at? I say, Matt, we got you bagels. That's the good news. The bad news is, I'm out, dude. I'll see you later. So we go to the hospital. Malia actually is a labor and delivery nurse at St. Joseph's. We get VIP treatment, the best nurses, the best doctor, the best room in the house. 12 hours later, 8.45 p.m. And here's the thing. It was a surprise because we didn't, we're old school. We didn't discover if it was a boy or a girl. And so at 8.45 p.m., the doctor says, all right, Daddy, here we go. Let us know what it is. 8.45 p.m., July 26, 2017, my son is born, Elijah Parker Green, let's go! Look at that. Talk about, oh my goodness, just talk about life-changing. This is my third VBS, and I will remember this VBS for the rest of my life. Doesn't matter what happens in the future. Remember the one time in VBS, Elijah, just have stories for him? Um, just sitting there the next day, so on Friday, in the room, it was just Malia, me, and Elijah. And for those of you parents who have been in that situation before, it was just so peaceful and quiet. We had the best room, so we had this view of the sunrise, and I'm just holding, holding my son. And it's funny because the theme for this VBS week was created by God, built for a purpose. And how insane to see that come to life. Literally, the next day, I'm holding my son. I'm like, you, Elijah, were created by God. You were built for a purpose, right? And not only that, but he's also, in my opinion, a miracle baby. And here's why. So after the birth happened, he was healthy the entire time. Healthy heartbeat all the way through. Malia, obviously, labor and delivery nurse, knows everything that is going on. But once Elijah comes into the world, they also kind of, when they're taking care of everything else... The, out comes the placenta, right? And she had an abnormal placenta that is only usually uh, like 1.5% of women have this. I'm going to read it because I'm going to mispronounce. I'm a pastor. I'm not medical at all. But she had 
velamentous cord insertion, okay? And so what that means is that instead of having a normal cord that connects the baby to the placenta, it's actually kind of like a tree kind of rooted out. And what happens is when your water breaks, something really serious can happen if you have a velamentous cord. What happens is that if the water breaks in the wrong spot, the blood vessel can actually break as well, and that's really bad for baby, really bad for mom. We had no idea. You're supposed to find this out like 16 weeks in. Nobody knew. You know who knew? Our maker, right? Our maker knew. My God knew that my son Elijah was going to be safe. And when he entered the world, they looked at this placenta like, whoa, that could have been really bad. But we praise God. So, Melina, I just want to thank you for your prayer and your support as we came through. I missed the, past, uh, the last couple of days of VBS, but I'm here. Malia, she is doing well at home with my baby, and we were just so excited uh, for this next stage in life. Like I said, the kids learned this week that they are created by God, built for a purpose. And that's my point number one, okay? You are made for a purpose. I don't care if you are 5, 55, 95. If you are here in this room, you were built for a purpose, and you have significance right? I think sometimes we say, oh, I'm too young. Oh, I'm too old. It's like, no, you are built for a purpose, and God has you here for a reason. The kids learned that on Friday. This was their memory verse, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Actually, I'll add a little one there. So it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you hope and a future. Now, I love that my son has a really cool, exciting I feel like every Wednesday now, uh, July 2026, we should go have bagels, right? Yeah, just have Brugger's bagels with my boy every year. I love that. Um, He has a really cool story, but I actually have a pretty interesting birth story as well. I want to throw up a picture. This is my family, all right? As I can tell, they look nothing like me. I I remember when I was younger, I would order food with my family. We'd be at, like, you know, uh, McDonald's or whatever. I'd be waiting in line with them. They would get my family's order, and then I would be standing beside them, and they'd be like, Sir, how can I help you? What would you like next? Like, actually, I- I'm with them. I'm with them. This is my family. See, I was adopted. Okay, so that's my family. It's my uh, wife, dad, mom, and my siblings here. They're all taller than me. Actually, I'm taller than my sister, <laughs> thankfully for that. Uh, they're all collegiate uh, volleyball players over at Hope International University. That's right, that's right. And here's what happened. So I was born... December 1988, at the same time, my parents were having a hard time uh, having kids, uh, having a family. And so my birth mom flew. I'm from the Philippines. Any Filipinos in the building? Come on, Filipino, right? Flew from the Philippines, landed in Chicago, found out she was pregnant. She's only 15, 15 years old. She decides to not only have me, but to put me up for adoption. And I can only understand what was going through my birth mom's mind at the time. Right around the same time, in December 1988, my parents were committed to adoption. They had the whole church praying for them, their small group, their good friends. And so they say, hey, we don't care if it is, you know, baby black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, boy, girl, we just want to start our family. And so they, boom, shoot to the top of the list. Right at the same time, my birth mom at 15 decides to give me it for adoption. So I'm born on December 29th, 1988, and then my coming home date, March 6th, 1989. So I get two birthdays. Let's go, right? <laughs> I get my regular birthday. I get like a coming home day. It's the best. So we celebrate twice. But just my own story, 
right? And I'm sure everybody here in this room, you guys have a story as well, how God not only created you, but you were built for a purpose. Like, just imagine if my life had been totally different. What if my birth mom, for whatever reason, had decided just to stay in the Philippines? I would literally be in Manila right now, a uh, 28-year-old, and doing some other random thing. But instead, he adopted me into a loving Christian home. My father just worship leader for 20 plus years back in Chicago, grow up in the church, you know, have, have, have an amazing family, eventually move out here to California, uh, marry my beautiful wife, serving now here as a pastor. Like, that does not happen just by chance or coincidence. I believe that God has a purpose for my life and he has a purpose for your life, right? And so one of my verses I want to share with you this morning is actually from Romans 8.28 and it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now the kids, they've been going through different themes all week long. And you actually, you sing them. uh, God has made us, right? God is, I don't want to sing in front of you. That would be super embarrassing. But um, here are the themes. So I just want to go over them with you really quick. On Monday, here's what they learned, right? God made you, right? God made you on Tuesday. They learned that God is for you. Wednesday, they learned that God is always with you, right? And then Thursday, God will always love you. And then the last one, I just touched on it, Jeremiah 29, 11, Friday, God made you for a reason, right? And at the end of the verses, kids, what would you guys always say? What would you say? Wow, God, right? My life right now is like, wow, God, like, how is this happening? Oh, my goodness, I'm never going to forget this week. But I just, going over this, these themes, these biblical truths, I hear you, there you go. It's never too late. Wow, God, that's right. You can, oh, y'all should be walking out of church today. Wow, God, life is good. Wow, God, right? Come on. We have so much reasons to praise our, our Father in heaven, right? Come on, we do. That's all right. That's all right, yeah. Praise God. These truths, these biblical truths that these students have been learning all week long, guess what? Not only do they apply from the nursery all the way up to sixth grade, but they apply to every single person in this room. Sometimes as an adult, you forget because the world is tough. I get it. I haven't slept in the past three days. I got the dad strength, though, and the Holy Spirit power, right? But guess what? I was made by God, right? God, he is for me. He's always with me. He will always love me, and I know full well that I was made for a reason, and that applies to every single one of you, too. And don't ever doubt that. Don't let, ever, don't let the world tell you anything different. The beautiful thing about me working with kids week in and week out is that they haven't been, you know, just like the, the way of just the world and everything. Like they still have dreams, hopes, aspirations. It's like, what are you going to be when you grow up? A doctor, a lawyer, professional athlete. I'm like, all right, let's go. Glory be to God. As long as you glorify God through it, go ahead. Chase after that dream. Sometimes as adults, we grow up and maybe we haven't reached where we thought we were going to be in our dream or in our purpose in life, and you're just kind of sitting there and you forget, oh man, I forget that I'm created by God. I forget that God is with me, that he's for me, that he's built me for a reason. And so the truth I want you to know is that God made you, and he built you for a purpose. We ran around this week, actually, and... You might recognize yourself in this video, kids, in a second, but we actually asked kids 
what they want to be when they grow up. So check out this video. When I grow up, I would like to be a Major League Baseball player. For one, I love the sport of baseball. Um, it's been in me like since I was a baby. I'd always hold a ball or something that had to do with baseball. And that's like my favorite thing to do. Like when I go out there, play baseball, I love like my friends. They always um, cheer me on. I love, I love when they do that. And I love baseball. I want to be a Coast Guard because people are protecting other people. I think that's the greatest kind of friendship there is. When I grow up, I want to become an engineer. Uh, I've been doing engineering programs with my school, and I'm part of a robotics club, actually. And I really like designing and building things and making things work. It's a lot of fun. When I grow up, I want to be an artist and a singer. Like, I want to print what my heart desires every at that time. And I want to teach people about Jesus at different places, and I'll bring my food because I don't really like other countries' food. When I grow up, I want to be a prosecute lawyer for the state of New York. And why I want to be this is because, like, I, I watch, like, a ton of law shows. Like, I watch a ton of, like, court shows, and I thought it was always really cool. Um, and I want to help put people uh, in jail for what they've done um, to hurt others or to hurt themselves. And they should learn a consequence for what they've done. And, yeah. I want to be, one job I want to be when I grow up is a choir teacher, because I like to sing. Uh, when I grow up, I want to join the Army Corps of Engineers. I've always had a fascination of like art and math and science. I've always liked sort of figuring out how things work and why they work. And I also enjoy the thought of teamwork and all of that can come through that job. I think it's pretty cool. Everyone has a special thing they're going to do once in their life. And if they live long enough, if they don't live long enough, they'll, they will just have to skip that and have fun in heaven. Amen. Come on. Praise God. If I, back in like, you know, the early 90s, if I was being interviewed, I would have told you, when I grew up, I want to be a professional basketball player. Why? Come on, I'm from Chicago. I told you that earlier. I'm from Chicago. Childhood hero, Michael Jordan, number 23, right? And I remember going to the United Center with my dad. We would buy the cheapest heaps we could find in the nosebleeds. Even back then, they were around like $50, really expensive. Had my binoculars, zooming in, watching him play, just tongue out, right? Just go into the room, oh, whatever, you, the, the rack, just dunking the ball, all these things. And I would go in my backyard, imitate him, try to do the best. I would actually lower the hoop so I could dunk it, you feel me? <laughs> Y'all ever done that before? I still lower the hoop. I mean, come on. I still lower the hoop. Yeah. Slam dunk contest. How many kids, like, you know, bit their tongue trying to be like Michael Jordan? But obviously, I'm here this morning. I didn't make professional basketball player happen. It's all right. I wasn't built for that purpose. Um, I wish it was more obvious. I know my wife is very obvious for her. She went on her first ever medical missions trip in high school to Uganda. And from that point, the Holy Spirit just, you know, boom, you're going to be a nurse. And she 
always knew that. I wish it was a little more obvious, right? I mean, you look at some of the characters in the Bible, Moses turns the course like, boom, burning bush, right? God's going to call you, right? Free my people from the hands of the Pharaoh. Uh, Jonah in the whale, right? <laughs> He's like trying to run away from his purpose. He's like, nah, I ain't going there. I ain't going to Nineveh. But big old fish swallows him up. Boom, yep, this is your purpose. Here you go. Uh, I wish it was a little more obvious like that. We have a couple more examples. Uh, like I said, Moses, and he leads the Israelites out of Egypt, and eventually, you know, they make it to the promised land. John the Baptist, in, in, in the New Testament, you know, he is paving the way for uh, Jesus to come. And we're going to jump up to, to Matthew 3, 1 through 3. Here's what it says. Um, now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. Remember, he would wear kids. We learned about this not, uh, a long time ago. He would wear, like, camel's hair and eat locusts and wild hunter. He was like... Uh, he was like Christian hipster before there was like Christian hipster, right? He should, he'd be hanging out in those hipster coffee shops doing weird things. But no, he said, uh, he would say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to uh, by Isaiah the prophet when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist knew his purpose. It also says in Luke that, he was known as the forerunner. I love that word. He's known as the forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So you have these people, Old Testament and New Testament, that God called them for a specific purpose, right? And as I said earlier, John the Baptist, he prepared the way, right, for Jesus, and that's point number three, Jesus lived his life on earth with purpose. One of my favorite classes when I was back in college was Gospel of John. And so not only did I have an amazing professor, but I also had just this amazing perspective as we read through the Gospels. Now, if you read through all four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the cool thing is it's like, you saw those movies up on the screen that, we, that the kids watched all week long, right? Imagine if just you watched a movie and it was just one camera angle. Right? It'd be super boring. But the beautiful thing about movies that when you watch them, they go from different camera angles and they zoom in and they zoom out. In the same way, when you're looking through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you get like this, almost like this different camera angle, you know, from Matthew and then from Mark, Luke, and John, and you get this whole entire picture of Jesus and his life while he was here on this earth. And in John 17, what you get here is you get a close-up, an intimate look at Jesus' last hours while he was here on this earth. And I just want to read, uh, this is John 17, okay? Jesus is praying, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given, given me to do. See, Jesus, knowing full well what he was about to endure, right? He was about to endure crucifixion. He was about to experience what it felt like to be not looked upon by his father. 
what does he do in the garden? Not only does he pray for himself, but he's praying for his disciples. And he's praying for all future believers. That's beautiful. And when he's doing this, right before he completes his mission, he understands that his mission was what? To glorify God and all that he was doing, right? When you study the Gospels, when you connect the prophecies from the Old Testament to the New Testament at the heart of every breath, every word, every action of what Jesus is doing while his time is here on this earth, his goal was this, for God's glory. At the heart of every breath, every word, every action, right? I mean, look at John 9, right? Him and his disciples, they're cruising along and they see a man born blind. The disciples say, uh, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? And he says, neither, but instead so that the works of God might be displayed through him, right? Later on in Mark, when Jesus is out on the boat and there's a storm, it says, and he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became per- perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Right? Do you, have you forgotten who I am or have you not gotten it yet? They became very much afraid and they said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. See, every breath that Jesus takes, every word that he speaks, every action that he does, he's aiming to glorify his Father. You know, at at the heart of who I am, who Nate Green is, right, if you take away the label, pastor, husband, father, like, my goal is to glorify God with every breath that I take. Right? Every word that I speak, every action that I do, it's like, man, God, I want to glorify you in all that I do, right? Like, like that, essentially, is my purpose. And I know I'm not perfect, and, you know, nobody is here in this room, but I want you to remember every breath, every word, every action, like, that should be our aim. I talked a little bit about my adoption in Chicago, and how I was adopted into a family who loved me unconditionally. Man, talk about, now I get it now. I get it now that I have Elijah in my hands. Like, I get what it means to love uh, a person. Like, you know, just a, a little being unconditionally as, as a father. But how much more love does the Father in heaven, the maker, have for you who loves you unconditionally? Right? The kids learned about that this past week. How much love is there for you from your Father in heaven. I want to talk this morning, just close, with a different adoption story. The fact that you have the opportunity to be adopted into a family. The family of God. A family that loves you unconditionally, no matter what your background is, where you're from. I remember as a kid growing up, I told you my father, worship leader, for a number of years growing up in the church, I always felt like I was never good enough. Like I was never good enough. I had to get all of my stuff in order before I could come and be like, yes, God, I want to make this commitment. I want to have this relationship with you. And I remember at the age of 13, realizing that I have all this head knowledge. When it came to the heart, I didn't quite have it yet. And so I remember my youth pastor on my very first missions trip, right, 
my boy Jacob was there with me. Some of you know Jacob Ramscraft, childhood best friend. It was at that point where I realized that I was missing, I was missing out on something. And it was on that mission trip that I decided to give my life to Christ. And ever since that point, my life has been changed drastically. Ever since that point, my hopes, my aspirations, every breath that I take, every word that I say, every action that I do, like, I want to glorify God in all of that so that he might receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It says in John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You know, in a moment, we're going to invite the band to come back up, and we're going to close out, but here's what I want to end with. I want to end with this passage from Romans. And I want you to know that that invitation to be adopted into God's family is always there. Maybe you, as a student, you've been hearing throughout the week, you know, how God loves you and how God is for you and how he'll never leave you. And you kind of want to respond in a way. Talk to your parents. Maybe talk to your pastor. For those of you visiting, maybe this is the first time you may have heard the gospel message and you're saying, wow, Jesus would do that for me. He would die on the cross for my sins. He would pray for me right before he went and endured all of that. That's what it looks like to have a relationship with our maker. We have a card here that you can actually fill out. And in a moment when they pass the offering on through, you can place this card in the offering. And we as a church, we want to come alongside you. That's one thing I love so much about Calvary Church Santa Ana is that we are a church that aims to love like Jesus across all cultures, all generations. And we're here for you, right? And so just... Take a look at this card, and if you have any questions, you can actually go back to the connection point uh, in the main lobby. Well, I want to close with this. This is from Romans, and here's what it says. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him. Starting with the Jews, and then right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith, confirming that scripture, what it has said all along, the person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. Which of you wants to live this morning? Am I right? Come on. God made you. God is for you. God is always with you. He will always love you. And he has made you for a purpose. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. And thank you just for a wonderful week. Of fellowship. Of watching you work within the lives of these kids, of these volunteers, of the staff here at Calvary. I pray that as we go out, that you continue just to transform us, that you continue to encourage us, that you continue to work at our hearts and our minds wherever we are at. And Father, I ask 
that as we close out the service, that you receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And all God's people said...